Where's Steiny? He's not here? Steiny's, uh, should we, here, Gabe, you want to do your classic mic thing? The mic's in a weird position right now. Yeah, you good? Always. Good to see you, buddy. How you doing? No, Steiny's flight, uh, I guess, got canceled. Really? Yeah. Or, or it's severely, severely delayed. This podcast, I hope this podcast isn't falling apart here. I mean, one I know, week we missed. Right? Steiny's now gone. No, we, what do you mean falling apart? Know, we got, now it's back. We well, I'm saying now it's back. Of course. We're set. Big week. Oh, yeah. Biggest week. Biggest week. Fighting for the title. The only one. The only one that counts. Crazy. Yeah, so what? Sure. what's like, what's led up to like coming here to Zona? How many weeks you've been in like fight camp? 14 weeks. Uh, I've had a, I have a nutritionist and a chef. She's been with me for like 24 weeks now. That's the biggest change I've made is uh, my diet. So what? You didn't do that in like past fights? No, I started. I would, uh, would do it myself. I really? always thought I was eating healthy, but turns out I never, I never did. Eight weeks before Chandler, ten weeks before Chandler, I got her, and then ever since then I've had her. That's crazy. She comes to my house at five, serve dinner at six thirty, gone by seven. So what's like, what's the biggest thing you noticed when you hired like a proper nutritionist that you, that you weren't doing yourself? Well, I would say the time and energy it takes to design and eat correctly, go to the grocery store, pick the right ingredients. I mean, I don't possess that knowledge that you need. I've never had any kind of background when it comes to nutrition. And so uh, we go to the UFC PI. They do a bunch of tests on us, and it tells us our macros and how many calories we should be eating by certain times of the day. And then I give that to her, and she can make all that happen. So what's, like, the meal plan like? How many meals are you eating a day? I eat, uh, have two meals and three smoothies every day. Two meals, I get three a lot. Smoothies. I have a hard time chewing up all my food and, and eating it, so I have her put it in smoothies, and I just chug those things. What's in the shakes? She has a variety. I mean, there's... A lot of kale in everyone, um, a lot of fat, uh, nut butter, some frozen berries, um, some yogurt, and then she'll put like uh, different kinds of like like blue algae or stuff from the ocean. There's always some stuff from the ocean. She's got a bunch of different packs of of things, uh, different mushrooms, things like that. Crazy. I honestly uh, don't ask a lot of questions. I just eat it. You just it. chow down? Yeah. She's uh, She's... A culinary director in Denver, so she's been doing this for forever. She was a personal chef in L.A. back in the day, and now she designs menus, picks ingredients for all the different, for like three or four different uh, restaurants around Denver. That's dope. Yeah, she's, uh, again, she, she goes and gets all the groceries. You know, I haven't been, it sounds, uh, sounds spoiled, and I am spoiled, but, you know, that uh, has taken a lot off my plate. Yeah, we got we have a chef too, and it's like, but she's just like an old grandma that like cooks. Like she's not That's really like a chef. Food. Doesn't even speak English, but uh, it, it is, is a blessing. Food. It is a blessing to have a chef. Hundred percent. Like it's yeah, fucking I mean, amazing. Yeah, I mean, and it's part of my business is a write off. So yeah, why not? There's when, a, there's a lot of people in this house right now. It's just leading up to the fight. Do you have all these people <laughs> here always in your? Yeah, I mean, so I got. Yeah, how many bedrooms I mean, is this Airbnb? This is fucking, there's forty it's people here, only... and there's like five bedrooms in this place. <laughs> so my dad, my brother, these guys aren't staying here. They're just. They went golfing this morning, and they come and hang out. Nice. But I just have all my coaches and my chef here. So there's, what, four coaches? Yeah, seven of us total in here. Four bedrooms. Staying at the spot? This is a nice yeah. place. Yeah, four bedrooms. Uh, two of the bedrooms have two beds. So uh, we're short one bed, but the couch is really comfortable. When did you guys get out here? We got here Sunday. Yeah, usually we show up on Tuesday. Usually we'd be showing up today, but uh, this is the first time I've ever come out early Outside of Abu Dhabi when we had to go early, but... It can be dangerous, though, when you come out. This is probably the worst place to go, the land of temptation. Scottsdale has temptations everywhere, so... I have no temptation. <laughs> you think he's going to get tempted on fight yeah. week, bro? No, only... I don't know. I don't think so. I've man. been isolated for about 14 weeks. Can have you, you imagine down to fighting, the, for the, you... fighting for the title and he no, ends up I haven't like bottle been. <laughs> exactly. on fucking that's what day have. or some shit? Yeah, I mean, nah. if you have that mental discipline in you, my that's great. My priorities <laughs> are certainly different right. right now. So you're not going to be down in Old Town tonight bumping no. pop smoke and listen? No, I haven't... I haven't drank or been out for close to three months. Really? Yeah. I go home. I work out, go home, and I live by myself. Wow. And I'm you got to spend a few months with Gaethje. <laughs> I need a re Gaethje rehab program. <laughs> yeah. That's you what would. I need. So would you, would you say this fight is, I mean, you've had so many big fights. Would you say this fight's the biggest fight of your life? This will by far be my biggest accomplishment. 100%. If you win. When I win. When you win. Yeah. Charles Oliveira, I mean. Gaethje's got What he's done man. lately is impressive. You know, there's. He's been around for so long. His story is really inspiring. You know, being a fan of this sport, most submissions in the history. 
his accolades are second to none. So, like I said, biggest accomplishment in my life will happen Saturday night. And this is the first time, I think, what you said, we talked before, you said you're, you're an underdog, right? I am an underdog. Are you on the books? Yep. Really? Yeah, oh, that's I'm, an easy it's like a plus me. 140. Hey, this game's, uh, there's a little bit of luck and a little bit of chance here. So, I will have more money on the line, even though you guys have a lot of money, but I will have more money on the line. So, when people tell me they're going to bet, I'm like, hey. That's your that's your choice, um, but I am prepared and I'm very confident that I will win on Saturday. Your last fight was fucking awesome. Battle. That was boring to me. Really? Yeah. You fucking just... beat the shit out of him. I did beat the shit out of him. They both exchanged some pretty good. Uh, he hit me four exchanges. times, but yeah. no more than that. One time was because the ref let him hit me. Um, but yeah, after three minutes in the second round or first round, he didn't touch me. Other mm-hmm. than when he got poked, I got poked in the eye and then took a big shot. But so you felt that was like an easy fight. Like, did it feel like it in the moment? It felt easy, yeah. Not easy. Like, the danger. So, the danger was present at all times. Like, there's a constant risk assessment evaluation going on internally with your intuition. And my, I never got comfortable that I wasn't in danger. So, he was dangerous the whole time. I bring the dog out of every guy I fight. They know that, you know, there's no quit. And they know that I'm going to try to hurt him. Uh, There's a lot of different styles when it comes to this sport. But when you step in there with me, nobody comes out unscathed. And so they have to understand that that's going to happen. And they have to accept it. This uh, is a big Chandler one. Chandler accepts This is that. a big one. Well, it's for the belt, right? This is for the belt. Yep. So, so what is that? You know that arena in Arizona is going to be just on oh, fire. Like, and I'm walking out to... Arizona is uh, such an electric I'm spot. walking out to the most uh, popular mariachi singer in the history of Mexican music. Mexican mariachis. I'm half Mexican. And I was born in Tucson. So when that song comes on, the, the crowd's gonna go crazy. The thought like na 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 Oh really? Yep. Does what that if, fire you up though to walk out to that? I am. I'm <laughs> white on the outside and brown on the inside. I got countless videos of my my grandpa Tata singing that song. That was his favorite song. Uh, Vicente Fernandez passed away less than a year ago, and my Tata passed away about a year ago. So yeah, I think it uh will bring great inspiration to me. What, what's your plan if you could say, like, what's your game plan to, like, to beat Oliveira? I just need to put a hole right in his face. Like, uh, yeah, cause damage, cause car crashes. I'm the best at causing car crashes. Um, I'm confident that nobody's faster from point A to point B. So I want to create a car crash and be the object with the most force. We got the same mass, and I need to make him go to sleep. It's centrifugal force. I need to make his brain touch his skull, and he will go to sleep. What did you learn from that, like, Khabib fight in Abu Dhabi and that whole experience? I think that was, I don't know if that was the first fight I ever went to, but that was really cool to go to yeah, that it was, fight and the whole thing. It was everything. awesome. I mean, um. Yeah, we were in the hotel room next to him. We I think. Were? Yeah, I think we were like, didn't they put you right on our floor? I, again, my pro, I don't, I don't notice a lot of things during these weeks. Well, you had to hear the loud music bumping in the. I don't think you were that close to me then. Okay. All right. No. Nobody woke, well, I mean, there was, I was 13 hour difference. Yeah. There was no sleep. Um, yeah, it was a it was an experience, you know, great learning experience, but if you're a creature of habit, you were fucked in Abu Dhabi. You know, the food is different, the culture represents different food, different water, different time zone. And so all those were factors. Um, they all sound like excuses, but yeah, it was different. And then uh his why that night was absolutely huge, you know, with the passing of his father, him having the knowledge that it was going to be his last fight, he was almost impossible to beat that night. And that was there was no crowd there at that point, right? No, no crowd. crowd. So what do you think? Minimal, that, minimal crowd. Yeah, you guys were there. there was, Bob wasn't there. I wasn't there. Yeah. I had my father had a oh, yeah, brutal eye infection. His his father had almost didn't guy. make it out, but he's he's all be, he's all better now. Thank God. God rest. Yeah. You're a terrible liar. I know. I know. <laughs> Get a little spooked out there, you know, but. Anyways, at the end of the day. But do you think we're having a crowd because fighting, you know, with no crowd and then crowd. Yeah, my first experience without a crowd was Tony Ferguson. And that was the first event back when they shut everything down for COVID. UFC brought us back to Jacksonville. And I never understood if I was influenced by outside sources in the in the arena. And after that fight, I understood that I was and that I can control it. So now, like in the Chandler fight, you never saw me. Even when he was hurt, I didn't come out of my shell and take risks that I didn't need to take. And I think that comes from the learning experience of the Tony Ferguson fight. Without that, I don't think I would ever understand 
or have the knowledge if or when I'm influenced by outside sources. You you and Chandler, they were pretty respectful of each other, right? Yeah, I mean... Um, you talked yeah. your shit to kind of sell the nah, fight a little bit. Pretty, we didn't know. talk shit. Um, Chandler was getting a little mouthy, though, wasn't he, at the end? Uh, not but he's not fight. a mouthy guy. Though. Not in the no. fight. No, no, he didn't say a word in the fight. He's I don't not the best trash talker. I don't right? say no. a word in the fight. I'm a terrible trash talker, so... Yeah, you're all business. Yeah. Um, I don't want to... Again, I'm not trying to build a false bravado or false confidence. I want to go in there and trust in the process that I went through, put myself through, not let them affect me, not let the crowd affect me, not let the lights affect me. It's 25 minutes in time. And in championship fights, you cannot make mistakes. And if I am not hundred percent committed to controlling my thoughts and emotions, then that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But you're saying so, you're, you're obviously like a likable dude in in your in your weight division and whatnot but is it who's the one guy that you just you just don't fuck with that you don't like that you actually have real beef with because you see so much in my weight class yeah well, none of them have space in my head nothing goes outside Connor, of the are they nothing... saying connor's gonna get the winner of this i have no idea i mean i thought i saw that as, but I was uh, like, what? at the end of the day after i win this fight there's two people that are next in line it's benil dariush and makachev and they need to fight each other Ah, and shit. if Conor McGregor's there, then I think he's just as he'd be just as uh, rightfully available as those two because they need to fight. So I would say either everybody deserves it or nobody deserves it right now. Someone needs to stand out. And yeah, whoever I mean, yeah, I want that opportunity to take him away from this who, sport who would forever. You like, who would you like to fight after this if you win? Would you, would you want to get your hands uh, on the, McGregor? The best obviously? part, um, when you're the champion, the target's on your back. I don't, I'm not going to be looking back. At the end of the day, I will be the champ, and whoever's next will be next. I just got to you know, keep preparing myself, keep eating correctly, um, keep isolating myself, um, take away all distractions. And, yeah, and then I'll be done one of these days. How how important is it? Like, what do you mean? So you you're in Colorado. When you say like isolate yourself, like what? Like I go to I, for what is last, like camp? Like what's like a typical? You week? don't seem so isolated here right now. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is isolate. I mean, these people are all here to support me. There's not one person here that's for the, here for themselves. They're all here. You know, I get to not. I don't get to be selfish often, but during these weeks, I get to be the most selfish that one can be, and I've surrounded myself with people that can aid in that process. And all so, these boys uh, got happy dads. I think they're itching for a little bottle blonde night. Oh, they see that's say. the thing. Everybody here, you got to stay disciplined. Everybody in this fucking room wants to go to bottle blonde tonight <laughs> with no, me and the bottle girls and fucking dancing on tables. No. I won't tempt them. I promise. No, they don't want to. No. No, when we're done, there's this. Uh, if you if you like bitches, then you win the <laughs> you win the belt. You get more bitches. So this is the only thing that matters right now. Yeah, I was gonna say. Would you say you know with what you do for <laughs> a living? Rather than just being like an ordinary dude, you're a fighter. Does that increase the, the bitches? I, I, I'm, I, I isolate myself. I don't look at messages on Instagram. I don't send messages on Instagram. I don't go out. You would not like my life. No, it'd be boring to you. It's qu- well, no, I kind of, I, I, but I do appreciate the quiet life. Yeah, I live alone and sometimes I'm like, hello, hello. And make sure my voice still works. Mm-hmm. Fucking love Why it. do you think that is though? I take away all distractions. I mean, I'm 33 years old. I would love to have a family and love to be married, but. It didn't happen, and I don't want to bring, you know, right now I control everything. And uh, I haven't met a girl that I feel can bring stability and not instability. So right now this is, the, this is all that matters. I've dedicated 29 years out of 33 years towards this, and I just don't think now is the time to enjoy... What I have, I think I'm, you know, when I'm done, I'll enjoy every single bit of it. After I win this belt, I can't wait to go home and have a parade for the kids back home. I'm going to make Rose and Camaro come. And that's, uh, I like to inspire people and I have a chance to inspire the world in one night. And so I I don't care about anything else. I don't care about pussy. I don't care about drinking. I don't care about food. I want good food, but I'm not going to go eat pancakes because I want pancakes. That's what we said. Do you ever cheat at all during like training camp? On meal plans? Not this, no. Not this camp. I mean... Um, That's so hard, bro. It's impossible. I mean, yeah, you're talking is, to the wrong guy. I mean, so I can't say I've never cheated, but I wouldn't call it cheating. I would say, like, nine weeks in, I'll go to In-N-Out Burger. Can you have, have, like, one cheat meal quick. a week, even? Not one a week. No? One every month. Damn. One a month. I mean, I can cheat whenever I want, but when that when that walk comes, then 
the more time you have to be honest with yourself. You got to look in the mirror and you cannot lie to yourself. And if you know that you didn't do the right things, then that walk is terrifying. And I've never been terrified because I've always been confident in the preparation. More so now. I didn't have the knowledge to know that I wasn't doing the right things then. But my confidence is, is higher than ever because of the, the choices I've made. So how do you avoid when you get that temptation? I don't get it. You don't get it? So you're, you're I mean, I do. I'm a, I'm a pothead. I hang out at home. I smoke weed. Oh, boy. Like, uh, it's very easy for me to, <laughs> to stay home. I don't know. So you smoke weed all throughout camp? Pretty much. Yeah, to do, eat and sleep. Do they test? Do they test for marijuana before fights and everything? You allowed to no, be high? You're you're not allowed to be high in the fight. Oh, all right, that yeah, would yeah, be foolish. Would. I want to clear mine. I really enjoy the. <laughs> I like you're being just walking out to fucking I mariachi love, music. I love not smoking for you know three weeks before, and my mind clears up. That's when you stop three weeks before. Yeah, yeah I stop three weeks out. It takes like four days to get good sleep, and then it's back to normal. Damn. How important is that Usman uh, Rose camp for you? Knowing those two and training. Yeah, with those two? I mean. It's everything. I mean, he's number one pound for pound male. She's number one pound for pound female. Number two, maybe. Valentina might be first. But, yeah, to be surrounded by those people is, you know, what... And then my coach, you know, to to inspire all of us. We inspire each other each workout, and then our coach is just teaching us something incredible. Every single time I step out of a workout, I'm like, wow, I'm still learning. And it's just because he has the ability to teach in a special way. What and, area yeah, do you think you're, like, progressing in? Like when you say you learn stuff, like what? Yeah, it's, what uh, it's gonna be my, my striking. Striking. Yeah, my my wrestling. I uh, was a great defensive wrestler. I will make you know. Khabib took me down, and he's the only guy that's ever taken me down in a cage or octagon. He took me down twice. It's only two times I've ever been taken down. So, you know, props to him. If anybody else can do that, then props to them. But I guarantee you, uh, no one's gonna be able to walk through what he walks through. And continue to move forward. You guys are the same management team, you and Khabib? Yeah. So does that get a little awkward when there's a fight between the two of you? For him, for our manager, I'm sure. I was going to say, does he have to, he has to, what does he have to do? Choose a side or what does he have to do? No. No, I mean, he needs to make sure both of us are getting paid the maximum amount that we can get paid. Uh, he needs to make sure that if I deserve to fight for a title, I'm fighting for a title, no matter if it's against my brother or my best friend or my family. It doesn't matter. Like, to be... Fighting to be the best in the world in something you committed your whole life to. There's nothing, you know, there's no, um, he has to want that for both of us. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. He's well, I mean, he's in a good position that if he has two best fighters. Come. Yeah, he made, he made a lot of money that night. Mm -hmm. what is, what's the difference in money, would you say, hypothetically, you lose this fight in comparison to if you win this fight? Well, Combining if this, everything all in If you win the one. fight, you're the champion, and when you're the champion, you get a pay-per-view cut. When you're not the champion, you don't get a pay-per-view cut. So say that again. Explain how that works, if you don't mind. Uh, so when you're the champion, you have to you have to have the belt, and then you get a cut of the pay-per-view. And if you're not the so tomorrow or Saturday night, Charles Oliveira will get a piece of the pay-per-view, and I will not. What kind of money? What kind of money is in that pay-per-view cut? I don't know. I've I've, I've got it once, but um, it was a bit of a in Abu Dhabi. I got it, but they really marketed that to Europe and Asia. They didn't market it to the pay-per-view crowd, which is America and uh, over here. So it was, I fought at like 12 o'clock here in, in the United States mm -hmm. on a Saturday. And it wasn't, uh, it was the most watched stream fight in the history, but uh, not a high selling pay-per-view. They sold subscriptions to the rest of the world on my fight. And I don't get a piece of that. So I would say probably you sh at the least 400 extra. And at the most, you know, 1.4 extra. Yeah. And you hear it talked a lot. Asked, we ask every fighter, and are you happy with the amount of money that you make in the UFC right now? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. Because Dana gets a bad rep, obviously. I don't know why, but for well, fighter pay and all that. Yeah, so who's really, getting, who's really getting fucked there? <laughs> We're all, I mean, <laughs> my coach Luke, he fought in the UFC in 2002. And he got paid Dana three. gave him a bag of Skittles and a, a bag of peanuts. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, he lost. He made, he made $3,000. And so there is a, it's a process. In 10 years, my five to a million will be two to seven million for these guys. And it's just the process of the sport. Uh, we have 1992 is when the UFC, you know, started. And so we've been around for, you know, what is that, 30 years. Football. Baseball, basketball, talking like 
60, 70, 80 years. And so it's just a progression in in where we're going. It is crazy um, how far the UFC's come. Yeah, that's like an organization. Like, mm. yeah, to me, it's I mean, crazy. Um, I've been watching the past for a few while. years. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah, argument yeah, is yeah. every other sport has representation, <laughs> and we don't. Perfect example is we can't quit. We can't leave, and they can fire us anytime. That's my biggest gripe. I can't leave if I want to leave, but you can fire me whenever you want to. So you're saying so there's if, no protection in that contract for me, but it's all for you. So how does that work? When you, do you sign like a per fight deal? No, it's a three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever they. Can so if you're to locked play. in for six, then you have to fight six, or else yeah. you can't leave. And then you're in Francis Ngannou's position where you gain the belt, and it's automatically extended. He fought all his fights. He fought eight fights. He was on an eight fight contract, and now he's still stuck. And I don't think that's fair, but. That's where we are. We've come a long ways, though, in that regard. I guess the UFC has a lot of leverage, right? All the leverage. Dana, I mean, it's Dana's and way of the highway, which is. Which I don't. Is... I don't blame. Hey, if you're a bill, if you're a four, five, six, seven, ten billion dollar company, you have to run it like a four, six, seven, eight, ten billion dollar company, and we have to fight for what we get. Uh, anytime I have a good hand of cards in my hand, I gotta go all in. You see a lot of you see a lot of golfers complaining about that now too, right? With the PGA Tour. Yeah, well, Phil Mickelson got screwed for all those Saudi comments and all that. I think, right? You Dude? see anything about that? Yeah, I would. Uh, I would happily trade positions. They, they got. They don't even have to win every year. They just got to <laughs> take like top ten three times, and they're good. But I think if you're on the come up, we we were uh, we're friends with Bryson DeChambeau, yeah. and he was telling us when you're on the come up, like it's tough because you gotta. You're an independent contractor, so you gotta pay for all your own shit. Yeah, and then obviously, if you're not making cuts, like you're not making any money, you're actually losing money. Yeah. So I mean, come up to become a golfer's it's pretty fucked yeah. too it's fucked but it's easier than it's not easier i mean so it's it's similar to mma and you don't have to have god-given size weight like basketball football you know in my in my thing anybody anybody could be a fighter you could be a professional fighter tomorrow you go take a pro fight and now you're a pro mma fighter there's no um you don't have to have any experience and you can just become a professional fighter Similar to golf, anybody could do it. Um, yeah, that guy. You ever see that guy, Afri Barnrat? Afri Barnrat. If you look him up, he's like the most out of shape guy on the planet. He's like five hundred pounds. He's a golfer. Yeah, yeah. Look at John Daly. Yeah, John just cranks ciggies and fucking just yeah, drinks yeah. fucking Bud Lights all day and just <laughs> rips it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a different life. There's no way uh, the pressure is the same, and they get to be around the richest people. And play the nicest golf courses. I know. Can you imagine? I would being trade a pro skills golfer? in a heartbeat the with best. Golf. Being a pro golfer would be sick. Yeah, I would trade my skills in a heartbeat if I could. You're a pretty good golfer, though, aren't you? I mean, I'm an what average. Go- I shot an 84 yesterday. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you're better that's, than you're better than Bob my swing's ugly, but it should go straight. Come on now. I you don't like shoot 84. 13 <laughs> fairways. Stop. Stop. If I get a game against What's him, what's Salim shooting now? He's like oh, in the he's 110s. Like he's digits. no good. Yeah. What hey. he does, he'll take 500 fucking camera shots behind him, and then he'll shank 15 of them, and then the one he hits straight, he'll post. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what Salim will do. The power of the editor. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You play a lot. Do you play during Yeah, camp? I play uh, every Sunday. And then I, I usually, about a month out, I'll stop and really use Sundays as a rest day. I fucking love golfing, man. Me Golf too. is the best. It's my favorite sport for sure. Where'd you guys play today? We played yesterday. We played the Phoenician yesterday. It's a resort down here. It's a nice golf course. The stadium course where they play the waste management is good too. It's expensive as shit though. They charge you five hundred bucks a fucking yeah TPC. Five hundred bucks around. Right? Yeah, yeah. To golf at TPC here. Five hundred around for per person. You just gotta come in the summer at like two p.m. Be like forty dollars. Yeah, but the problem, the, the thing play. is, it's always packed there too. They, they so they're they're ripping it over there, you know. So, so what is the post game plans for the fight? So, say hypothetically, you, I don't want to say it, I don't want to put this out there in the air. Especially I could a lot of scary guys around here. Saturday, if you, if so you, I don't, I don't, my life doesn't exist after Saturday to right now. Okay. Chronic injury, death, obviously not very likely, never happened. Mm-hmm. The death part has never happened, but chronic injury is certainly a factor. And so, that's all I care about is making sure that doesn't happen because I don't want my mom and dad to cry. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I can continue to eat good food if I don't die. So, so that, I don't. I don't make plans after the fight. I don't. It doesn't matter. What's your like mindset? When I going win, I can't it? sleep for three days, and when I lose, I go to sleep. Really? Yeah. And so, why do you think you can't sleep for three days when you win? 
the adrenaline. You're the fired adrenaline. Up. You're fired up. Never had that feeling. So true. You're fired up. Um, the world's talking about you. You know, you tend to want to see the reaction sometimes. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just a whole different feeling. You're on top of the world. You feel like Nostradamus for like three days, and then. I got the people around me that can slap me back into reality real quick. Because mm-hmm. you seem like you strike me as somebody where you spoke on before is somebody who doesn't really like all the attention. I uh, I enjoy, so f- for some reason, I must look way different on TV than I do in real life because after I, like after I knocked out Cerrone, I went to a bar, flew into Denver, went to a bar, and the guy was talking about the fight, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was me, and did not believe me. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, no, it wasn't. And, uh, like, no matter who I fight, I'll go, you know, two days later, I'll go. I don't bring no attention to myself. You know, if you want to bring attention to yourself, you bring a bunch of people with you. You cause a scene. You know, I keep my head down. I walk in there and I ask for a seat for one. I'm always going out to eat by myself. And, uh, yeah, no one, either they're scared of me or they don't recognize me. Mm -hmm. But I do, I don't think I'll ever lose that ability to be an anonymous person. No, you're in it now. Because of the way I look, which is nice. What was, like, the regiment during training camp? Like, can you walk us through that? I'm, I'm so interested in yeah, that, so like, it's fucking discipline. Yeah, so it's two and a half to three, two to three hours each day, two workouts. So you wake um, up at, like, what time? I wake up at, I go to sleep at 12, and I wake up at 9 every okay. day. So you go to bed kind of late. Yeah. Wake up at 9. 9. My first workout's at 10 every day. I get nine hours every night. Nine hours. I was doing the math, sorry. Yeah. I've never, yeah, I get nine hours every night. Nine to nine and a half. I think that's, you know, a, very important for my brain. I take shots for a living. Um, and then it's really just working out and then going home and doing nothing. Getting the proper nutrition, eating at the right time, making sure I'm not taking too long after workouts to get the nutrition in. And a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Well, you got to fill your time. You play video games? Yeah. Video games? Yeah, and I play video games from like 8 to 10. Mm-hmm. What's your game of choice? So I don't go out. Or do anything. Um, I play Call of Duty. Call of Duty. I've never committed so much time to something and suck so bad. You shit at COD? <laughs> I'm not shit, but I. Terrence is uh, Trevor's son. Is my uh, he's our ringer. I lose because of him because I got to play in his lobbies, but I also win because of him. Do you do the headset thing? Yeah. And you talk to people? Yeah. So you Just ever like team. this is Just Gates? You never gotta, like no, I don't tell. Him, no, 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 no. Well, I play with only you. Only play with people that you. Like, I don't play uh, team deathmatch to where you're talking to the whole lobby. Oh, okay. It's just two or three people on my team, and they're the only ones that can hear me. And then he streams, so people will jump on the stream, and then, you know, they'll get, me, get some questions in through there. Mm-hmm. Are you ever worried about the long, uh, long-term long effects of taking repetitive punches to the head? You spoke on a little bit before, but... Uh, I mean, I've been TKO'd twice. Uh... In my last, since I fought Poirier, I've been punched maybe like 10 times hard in fights. Most of the damage is going to come from practice, getting your body prepared for this kind of warfare. You have to, you have to put yourself through it or else, you know, you won't, you won't be ready. You can't take the shots. Mm -hmm. So you got to, you know, and then I don't know, it's centrifugal force that causes TBIs and both times I got TK, I do a concussion test before and after every fight. I have, you know, baseline numbers that I want to stay at. And I have people that are monitoring me. So after both TKOs, the uh, the doctors that did it, they were like, if I didn't do this test myself, I would never believe it. But I don't believe I've ever had a traumatic brain injury from a fight. But if I go through, uh, you know, I'm not. So the Poirier and the Alvarez fight were, were really hard. Um, mentally, physically taxing fights. The Chandler fight, not so much. The Khabib fight, I got choked out. There's no TBIs that come from getting choked out unless you are choked out for more than, you know, if they're cutting your air off for like 30, 40 seconds, then that's when your brain starts dying. But as soon as you go to sleep, they let go of the choke, blood goes back, and there's really no, medically, there's not going to be anything long-lasting from that. And so, I don't know. No, I don't worry about it. Because it's always ref's discretion, right? When you're getting yeah, hammered in the face. Yeah, I mean, driving is one of the most dangerous things. Right. You know, I could die anyway. 
You uh, can just you die see... in a car anytime. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, geez. No, no, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's, so, no, I don't worry about that. I don't want to live forever anyways. Like 65, 72, I'm out. That's it? That early? 75 at the max. I'm thinking like 42, I'm dipping. You're almost there, <laughs> bud. What? <laughs> I got a good six left. After my, with all my habits. But six left in it. Got to make this podcast pop quickly. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Chilling. Who's this? What's, what's going up? on? Welcome in. Welcome so in. So what do you, what's your goal, like, after you win this title? If you, if you want to win this title, like, what do I you... I want to go home. I want to inspire the people from where I live, from around the world. Like, like how long do you want to hold that? Or, like, what's your goal as, like, oh, if you become wise? champ? Yeah. Who knows? Because would you say this is, like, could be your last shot at the title or no? Yeah, this is definitely... This is your last shot yeah. at the title. Yeah, barring any crazy circumstances. But, yeah, this is 33. It's been almost two years since I fought for it last time. And, yeah, these don't come often. Right. You rarely get second chances. So, this, yeah, it's all or nothing. Like, are you trying to build, like, the Gaethje? Not that you haven't built it, but, like, the legacy as a champ if you win this belt? Yeah. Yeah, I am. But, I mean, my legacy is is about cemented. Mm-hmm. Is I mean, I have 23 wins, 19 knockouts. Nobody has that. Um, nine, you know, out of my first, uh, I think, eight fights, I had 10 bonuses. That's a record that will never be touched. Crazy. Um, I have at least two fights in the Hall of Fame that will be inducted in the Hall of Fame already. And so, um, I mean, this will be, the yeah, the, the icing on the cake. But I won't kill myself if it doesn't happen. Who would you say the toughest opponent is that you ever faced? Khabib. Yeah, him. You know, but what was it like fighting him? Like, what was like I said, so I mean, tough I about was, him? Uh, I was out of my comfort zone. Uh, every time when I fought Michael Chandler, when I fought Tony Ferguson, the morning I woke up, my heart rate was around between thirty-three and like thirty-six. And the morning I woke up in Abu Dhabi, it was at sixty-eight. And when I saw that, I knew something wasn't right. But you cannot. What What was that from? Just like the, the lack of sleep, the just not being in a, a creature of habit. You know, we have a process that brings me confidence, and it's going to be, you know, the eating, the drinking, and nothing there is the same. You know, they that was a whole they, like they don't have experience. milk. They don't have milk. They eat goat and lamb, and I don't often. You know, they got beef, but the they they don't got oatmeal. They got porridge. Yeah. Uh, you think if the fight was somewhere else, you would, but it maybe ended differently. I don't know. Even no, I can't say so. I can say that I wouldn't. I don't know. We'll find out on Saturday. Would you say that he was the best pound for pound fighter in the UFC ever? Ever? You have to break it up into different eras, but certainly in the modern era. Who do you, you look up to, like yeah. coming up? Um, I love fighting. I mean, when Anderson Silva's run. Anderson when he, Silva when he did what he did was probably one of the best runs. John Jones, what John Jones did when he first showed up was absolutely spectacular. He took out all the big names. George St. Pierre, Chuck Liddell, BJ Penn, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a few. GSP was my favorite. The Diaz-Penn was a great fight back in the day. I think it was Diaz and Penn when they went out. That was a great fight. Yeah, I mean, Nick Diaz, he was always fun to watch. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy that you guys do this for a living. I just can't get over it. You guys just beat the shit out it's of each other. It's only twice a year. It's only twice a year you fight, right? Yeah. Twice a year. One to two. Can you add more fights if you wanted to? Can you put pressure on Dana and say, I want to fight more? I want Like, how easily influences Dana if you if It depends you on your ranking. Like, when you're here, no. When you're not ranked, then yeah, you could fight every weekend if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. When you're getting paid as much as I do, they're not going to let you fight every weekend. But when they're paying you minimum wage, they will let you fight as much as you want. Mm-hmm. So how many more fights do you think you got left in the tank? God only knows. I don't know. I would say at least five. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm not done. You're not done. Five more wars. I said five more wars after the Poirier fight, and I haven't had one since. But if I take the beating I took in Alvarez and Poirier fight three more times, I would consider it. Yeah. How long does that pain last after you take a beating like that? Weeks? Which beating? None of those, the, like, after I fought Poirier, I went out because I was in Arizona and I had a lot of people here. I was out, I took like 400 pictures that night. You know, like an hour, two hours after the fight. I think I was one uh, of them. 
So there's no pain. That one wasn't painful. He didn't like, so leg kicks hurt for like three weeks to a month. Mm -hmm. Broken bones, four to six weeks. Uh, but if you don't get kicked in the leg or if, if a muscle doesn't get really damaged, then, you know, three days. But if a muscle gets damaged, it takes four to six weeks to, to go away. <laughs> What leg your, kicks are the most effective, though. What What have your parents been like throughout your whole journey? Because you, I see you brought them to Abu Dhabi. I remember we met them. They're cool as fuck. Yeah, uh, they've they always been, like supported um, you and shit. The most critical part to all of it, um, you know, they went into mad debt when I was a kid to take me and give me the opportunities that they did. Take me to tournaments. We would, you know, we lived three hours from here. We'd have to drive here every weekend to wrestle in tournaments. Um. They've been to every single fight except two of them. The first one was my second amateur fight. I didn't tell them about it. And then the second one was Tony Ferguson, and nobody can go to that one. But they've been to every other fight. And, yeah, it's uh, that's one of my biggest assets is no matter what. I win, lose, doesn't matter. They are proud of me, and they love me. And that is a great uh, tool to carry, you know. Brings confidence and yeah, I have seven nieces, two nephews. They don't care if I win or lose. They don't even know. They just seven, want to, uh, you know, they just want to love me. And I just, so yeah, that part is that part's great. How much you get paid for your first ever professional fight? <sighs> Tyson, first Tyson commented the other day. Fight. They asked Tyson what his what he got for his first professional fight. Five hundred bucks. Yeah, um, five hundred. I don't even know. Five six thousand? No, but I'm thinking my first pro fight would have been Kevin Kroom. Kevin Kroom and I probably got two and one and one. Yeah. What was the I result didn't get five of that and five fight? till I got to the World Series? Two thousand I got paid. Yeah. Yeah, I, my dad's so funny. I remember when I won ten thousand. We were like, Yes, <laughs> we won ten thousand dollars, let's go. <laughs> and now we're making a lot more. So yeah, it's you know, my parents my dad did 37 years in a copper mine, and my mom's about to retire. She's done 36 years at the post office. So, yeah. Did you ever cool. work at the copper mine? Cool. I did one summer. No way. Sucked. What is copper mining for anybody that doesn't know out it's there? Op so uh, down about four hours from here, top five in the world, biggest open pit copper mine. The entire town is owned by the by the mine. Every house, every building, every restaurant, every the grocery store is owned by the by the company. You live there, you rent from the company, you rent your house from the company. It's a different way of life. Uh, 1984, 82, there was a big strike. My dad was a scab, his dad was on strike. Every night they'd be fighting, he wouldn't fight with his dad, but the guys going into work would get rock stone at him, and they got off work, they'd go throw the rocks back. National Guard came in, because if that mine does not produce copper, the world does not build. Top five in the world. So what was your role when you were copper mining? Sorry, I'm trying to get this. So I was part of a, a crew. Imagine Gaethje just going in and mine. That's amazing. I was the bitch of the crew. I was 18 years old. I was getting paid $14 an hour. And I worked my, my best week. I worked 96 hours in one week. We'd go seven days a week, 12 hours a day, plus two hours driving. One hour there, one hour back. So I got seven days a week, 14 hours a day. And I did it for like 64 days before I left to college. And I left there with like, $14,000 in my bank account. Yeah. But what is the actual process? You like hammering away? At Not, I mean, these are like the biggest machines you could imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, I was part of a crew that was tearing down a shovel and we were tearing it down piece by piece, transferring it an hour to a different mine and then rebuilding it. I got through the whole demolition process and then maybe three weeks into the rebuild and then I left the college. But, I mean, you're the bitch of the crew. So, like, so... um the shovel rotates 360 degrees and it has gears in there and in the gears it's full of it's called crater and it's like really really thick oil and someone has to get in there and scoop all that crater out and i'm working in arizona it's like 120 degrees at the bottom of the mine you have to put a two white suits on because if this stuff touches anything you'll never get it off you holy shit uh, i would come home pitch black every day really those, those things are dangerous right don't they collapse all the time and everything uh, my dad's 37 years. How many people died? In the mining? Yeah. Probably in that mine. Probably 15 fatalities in the 36 years that I worked there. 15 fatalities. Oh, shit. Most of those happened in the first 20 years. 
The last several years I was there, there might have been like one every five years. Last guy got a, he was an le- electrician. Electricians get electrocuted. Yeah. Uh, truck drivers fall asleep or they back off the dump. But the way people die, if you're doing that, is it just collapses? Is that what happens? No, nah, so this is an open pit copper mine. Okay. This is not underground. Okay. It's the biggest hole in the ground you can imagine. Okay. Just looks like a mile deep. Because there's people that go down like there a, with dance. It looks the like a stairway devil. for gods, the way they break it down. Okay. Huge steps all the way to the top. That's interesting. It's crazy. It's got to be crazy, especially in, doing it here in Zona. Like you said, it's Yeah, fucking... it's hot and it's super dusty. Loud. This fool can't hear a thing. That's, that's real work, though. Yeah, it is. But it's a different way of life. Like, they work, on average, they work, if you're working 12-hour shifts, you work 15 days a week and you're off 15 days, I mean, a month. You work 15 days a month and you're off 15 days a month. Mm-hmm. Someone's Saturday every day, you know, it's a different way of life. I used to do the cement testing and concrete pouring. I think all those buildings collapsed, but <laughs> I think, yeah, that's what I used to do back in the day. It wasn't good. But so I do love the manual labor. What's what's the rest of this week? You got Do you have to cut a lot of weight this week? Uh, I mean, I'm about 15 pounds right now. 15 pounds to go? Yeah, but I'm trying to keep... I'm trying to stay here for at least one or two more days because you have to get 10% back from the time you weigh in to the time you fight. Average in the UFC is 10%. So that, I gotta. That's so fucked. That shit, the cutting weight shit's so crazy to me. How, how much do you have to cut total? Uh, I'm 15 pounds right now. So is that like you, you have to cut 15 pounds every fight or? Um, so like when I start, so like 14 weeks ago, I was probably waking up like 177. Right now I'm waking up at like 167. But then I'm trying my hard. I'm trying my hardest to wake up at 170, but it's damn near impossible because of the my body's a machine, and I've been doing this since a child, and my body just knows that it's time to make weight. So how do you how do you do that? You dehydrate yourself. So right now, if I wanted to lose 10 pounds right now, I would sweat 10 pounds out by working, getting in a sauna. You so you break a sweat, get in the sauna, come back out, keep the sweat going, go back in the sauna. And that'll be on Thursday night. Thursday night, I'll start at about 7 p.m. at hopefully like around 164. And then I won't go to, I won't leave that place until I weigh 155. Wow. And then I'll come home, go to bed, wake up at like 7.30. Unless you have to, unless you don't get down to weight. So the last fight was the only time with this nutritionist that I've never not had to cut weight on the morning of a weigh-in. And that was... That was a really good experience. Getting up in the morning at 7.30 and still being one pound over, having to break that sweat when you're already dehydrated is fucking terrible. Yeah. Nothing good about it. And your body won't give it to you. And you guys got to do that on the week where you have to do all this, like, media and shit. Are you, like, on edge when you're, like, cutting weight and you have to do, like, interviews and all uh, that? You know, my – I everything – like, my my temper gets shorter. My family knows not to ask me stupid questions. I bet, yeah. You know, I don't want to like, hear stupid questions. I was going to say, great, yeah. Like, are you ready? Like, what the fuck does that mean? I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. You're just tweaking out on them every fucking second. Yeah, it's the same like, questions no, all week, too, I'm really thirsty. I'm really thirsty. You see, uh, you don't even want to eat. It's all just want liquid. Like, be, imagine being as hot and dehydrated as you can and not being able to take a drink of water. It sucks. But yeah. it's also... Something you get used to. This is something I'm used to. And I know as soon as I make weight, I get to put it all back in. And my body knows that. My brain knows that. So right after weigh-in, then what do you do? So right after weigh-in, it's hard because uh, you want to eat and drink everything, but your body can't process it because there's nothing in it. Like you, you cut all sodium out, so no matter what liquid you put in, if there's no sodium, it's just going to run through you because nothing's able to stick right. without sodium. And then all the nutrients that you've cut out, for the for four days, you cut everything out, and then you just have to replenish it. The UFC will have like a gallon of, like a a room temperature gallon of. I don't even know. It tastes like piss, but it's just electrolytes, and you just have to drink it slowly. Like if saline you chug it, shit? yeah, no, not saline, but like just yeah, really salty water. And then uh, we can't use IVs, so that would be a way, but you can't do that. Why, Why can't you use can't? IVs? Yeah, really. Yeah. Reason being, that's probably another avenue for people to cheat. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Trying to eliminate that. Hmm. 
But yeah, you just and then you you eat something and you feel like absolute shit for like four hours because all your blood's rushing to your stomach, all your your fingers and your knees and your toes are freezing. Like so no overall, this sounds like not a healthy process, though, right? It sounds horrible. It sounds yeah, like it's, I mean, bad. it's bad for your body. I wouldn't right? recommend it. It's unsustainable. You can't lose but is weight. It, like but is this. it is is it unhealthy to do all this? Uh, yeah. I mean, you could you could uh, your kidneys can stop working if you get too dehydrated. But really, it's the preparation leading to that, so you don't have to. Like some of these guys are cutting thirty pounds. Like from right now, they're probably twenty, twenty-two pounds over, thirty pounds over, and they cut all that out, and they want to come back and perform. And I, I don't think it's sustainable. My junior year of college, my junior year, I was all American, seventh in the nation. I went to one forty-nine the next year because I thought I would be bigger and stronger, and. It was like one week I beat a guy 17 to two. And then four days later, he beat me seven to three. And that's how up and down my performances were. That's You're, how shitty I felt. Would you ever but it was also personal choices. I was not eating right. Every Sunday, I would pride myself in gaining 20 pounds. Drink a, drink a bunch of chocolate milk, eat some McDonald's. I obviously didn't have the funds to do this then. I didn't have the knowledge or I didn't have the, I didn't want to. I was a kid, so no matter what I ate, I was still a machine. But I'm 33 years old now, so it's not as forgiving. Right. Would you ever go up or down in weight classes? Right. No. 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 I don't think so. There's no sense in it? Yeah. I don't think so. I I mean, once I win this belt, there's plenty more guys to take out in this weight class. Right. Who do you think it'll be if you win? You think you think the fight against really Islam would be know. interesting? I think with the it whole would Khabib have to thing? be the winner of Benil and Islam. Can't what do you think be, about Islam? I can't pick either one of those. I mean, he's impressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, similar to Khabib, but not as good. Not uh, as good. He's been knocked out, so he can't have the confidence that Khabib had, mm-hmm. and that's a factor. How does one one thing I was wondering was how does somebody get a good shin? Is it something you're born with to be, or is it something you can train in, um, in training camp and like if you get punched <laughs> in the face repeatedly just to like be able to nah. sustain it, have a good shin? And this is the dumb question. Let me know. It's not a dumb question. It's hard to answer. So think about Michael Chandler. Um, when he fought me, he knew he was in danger the whole time. And when he fought Oliveira, I think after the first round, after he won the first round, he. Either got too overconfident, or but he forgot the danger that is presented at all times if they're not dead or asleep. And I think that's why that shot was so effective because in his mind he wasn't in danger. That's why uh, Cerrone has a hard time taking shots because he's trying to avoid danger so he doesn't, his body doesn't go to a to a primal state. Um, Tony Ferguson is as primal as they come. If you can provide oxygen to the core of your brain, you will not go to sleep. The fight or flight thing is is human and if you're running from danger and you can provide oxygen to your brain you're going to keep running and that's who tony ferguson is he works out either through drugs which i don't think it's him i think or you're crazy enough to work out eight hours a day and that's ultimately what's and then understanding the danger you're always in Mm -hmm. i think that's what makes someone have a good chin i I mean there's no there's no science behind it right you know that i know of Mm -hmm. i think um so Bruce Lee said, be like water. Like you have to absorb energy. You know, mm-hmm. think of every strike as a as a direct line of energy. Right. If I take it here and it goes out the back of my head, like my brain is taking all the energy. If I get hit here and can kind of roll with it in that exact moment, then it won't be as effective. That's what's going to ask you the so process. My ability yeah. to, you have to stay calm and you have to see things and brace for things. And you can't get, and so my job as a fighter is to, it's called half beats. So you think you're going to get hit here, but I hit you in between those beats. And so you brace, let go, and I hit you in the let go part. And that's what makes the shot effective. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're on one foot going backwards, they can't brace. Those are the effective shots. And then um, very, very seldom will you just get lucky and they just go to sleep for some reason. But it's mostly because of they're on their back foot. They don't see the shot. They didn't brace for it. Uh, they're on one foot. Those are that's how you knock people out. What's the hardest you ever been hit, and who delivered it? I mean, Poirier hit me with the hell of a. I would say the knee from Alvarez is probably the hardest I've ever been hit. 
What was the result you of that? Feel when he, it. What was that? I, I don't know what happened. So when he hit you with the knee, what was yeah, the so fucking went down? Yeah, lost. You know, that's loss how you, you got knocked out. That was my first loss ever. Yeah, right. It was awesome. So when, the year. Yeah. So when you get hit with a big, big, big punch, is there something that you do to kind of just tell your mind right away when you know you took a punch like that? Is no. there something mentally that you do to like keep yourself? Yeah, when you're like wobbling. Even when you're no, nah, you don't even know you're wobbling. You don't even know you can't step. Like you're either fighting or you're fucking leaving. And I'm always fighting. And so even when I was hurt in those situations, I didn't think I was hurt. I thought I was just still fighting. That's so fucking crazy. You guys are all nuts. You can't feel a thing. Broken bones you don't feel. Cuts feel like a piece of ice rolling off your eye. Yeah. What's a low key? Uh, the leg kicks are pretty effective, right? The leg kicks? Yeah, they hurt a lot. Your leg kicks are fucked. All leg kicks hurt. Chandler's leg kicks hurt me. But yeah, it's my ability. So my timing, timing is everything in this sport. And my timing is second to none. Yeah. It's when you kick, not how you kick or how hard you kick. It's when you kick, where their weight is distributed. Yeah. Where their weight is, it's forward or backwards. If all their weight is on their foot, they can't lift it up to check a kick. If they're on their back foot, you can't attack the front foot because they can you know, move it in and out. And if you kick a knee, you're going to break your foot 100% of the time. Where do you hate getting hit the most? You had to pick one spot in your body. Bugs the shit out of you when you get hit there. Uh, every answer, every fighter, if you get touched in the liver, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt. That's the bad thing. It doesn't hurt, but you can't move. No matter how much you want to fight, you cannot fight. It just stuns you? It shuts you down. It's like an organ is getting damaged. Where is the liver again? Right here. Okay. So your right rib at the very tip of it, because about... Yours is probably shriveled. Mine shriveled up into a fucking oh, razor. That's good then. <laughs> that means I can't touch it, but there's about a half an inch... Hanging out the bottom of your rib cage right here. Yeah. If you could skip it right off the front right there, then <laughs> it'll shut them down. It sounds brutal. I think. I think yeah. you'd uh, have to let me touch you so you could feel it. Nope. Don't want to do that. We're gonna move on. Not happening. Sorry. <laughs> I even like. No, yeah, no, feel, I don't want any like of this. If you do this to you on the right spot, you'll know what I mean. Like, yeah, I don't want to it. though. I don't want to do that. But like, come on, what kind of pussy are you? That doesn't hurt. All right, show me real quick. Like literally. Like real quick. Don't fuck with me. Yeah, I felt the wow, I did. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah, so now you feel that, and then fuck. Imagine that a hundred times harder now. Yeah, imagine. That sucks. So we decided to start my YouTube video. What can I look forward to here? Oh yeah, two exactly two. You got You got You have a YouTube channel? Yeah. Wait, what's going on? I started a YouTube channel. When? Mm, well, I've had it for so they fucked me. I had it like two years ago, and then I put the best video ever, and they took it down because of copyright. But I had permission. I got the video from the UFC, permission, written permission from the UFC. Help that a little. And bit. they still took it from me. The UFC yeah. fucking took it down. I think it was fucking just like, Dana. A, like I think it was just the AI type of thing, like a artificial intelligence. Right, they got to right. have some kind of program that just sees UFC event and then just automatically puts some kind of method in process. But then I wrote a huge Karen email and they gave it back to me. Well, I was going nice. to say, too, you, you, probably, you probably got outside of, we talked all about fighting only in this whole shit, but what are some other, the yeah, YouTube channel? Yeah, what's the business shit you got going yeah. on outside of fighting? Uh, so I own a equipment company with my coach. We make combat equipment, gloves, headgear, shin guards. What's that called? Onyx Sports. Oh, yeah, I've heard Onyx. Best gloves in the world. Um, I like to golf. We just got some sweet Can-Ams. You know what a Can-Am is? No. So there's like a sand buggy. Off-road vehicle. Oh, oh shit. shit. So after this fight, that's what we're doing. Nice. That's amazing. And, but the YouTube channel is something you're actually passionate about. Yeah, I think it's, you know, not often you get to tell your own story. And the UFC, again, the editors have all the control. Mm-hmm. And so on this side, I get to control a little bit more. What, what's your plans for the channel? Like, what are you going to be So uploading? right, I, uh, I've been every, every week in the last six weeks or five weeks, we put a video up of the week of training. And then every two days now, we're doing... Like, this will be on my YouTube channel. What's what, just Justin Gaethje? Yeah, Justin right. Gaethje. We'll but put that in the description. So just, what, there's videos going up all week. This will go up probably Thursday. There's one just went out today. We'll have another one on Wednesday and another one on Friday, right? Everyone go over there. Go to Gaethje's channel. Show this some is, love. Subscribe. Drop some comments. It's fire them up. But what I'm really trying to ask is how much money can I make? Off YouTube? I don't know. Well, we never, our whole thing is we never really made a lot off the actual YouTube money. Like, that's what, because our shit was R-rated, right? So YouTube never really paid us. But I think you would probably get paid. 
I mean, we we're weird. Your shit would be more like quote unquote brand friendly. Yeah, they'd probably like it. It's not right? made for kids, but kids can watch it. Yeah, that yeah. I think I think it could be decent money. Yeah. Liver shot fucked me up, by the way. That was like one percent. No, I know. Even one percent, though. I don't know. I have a bad liver. I think. But I wonder why. All right. I know. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming out. Yeah. So what? Fight this Saturday, Gaethje. I'm pumped Olivera. for you, buddy. I'm pumped for the fight. We're not going to be there. We're going to be in Kentucky. Kentucky right. Derby, but Best uh, seat in the house. we're gonna be watching it from there. Me, Best Steve, seat in the house is TV, so hell yeah, you don't miss anything. I'm pumped. You're a hell of a dude, fight. man. We appreciate you sitting down with us. Yeah, I might have to go out with you guys one day. No, you don't man, want that. Really probably nervous. if you have a, if you're in the UFC, you don't want that. We got to come isolate with you. Oh, dude, please. That's what please I want to do. Have someone attack me. We should no, definitely we don't hit want the that. links though, that because that like that awesome. If yeah. you can set it up with Colby, that'd be great. That was that was a nightmare. That's why I think we're segueing away from the UFC. I would love to fucking punch a hole in that motherfucker's face. Colby? Really? You know what it was? Colby, I, I met him for the first time, and Colby was very respectful and uh, to me. Yeah. And so so you don't you have respect for how fake one can be? I mean, he must have faked it well, then. He was respectful of me, so, and, you know, at, at any time, I don't really have a lot of problem with a lot of people. So, you know, I try and just be positive and be a good guy to every person I meet. So that's one guy you don't like? No, uh, I don't like him. Do you guys have history or some shit? No. Talked about Kamala's family a lot. Right, okay, I forgot. He was around me one day. We went to a Trump rally, and he was there, and he was respectful, like you said. And then right when we left, he got on the internet and starts talking shit. And so I don't respect that. I don't respect, like, if you got something to say, say it to my face. And it's just fake. He's just trying to bring attention to himself. And I get it. Like, I make money with my fighting. He makes money with his mouth. If he wanted to make money on fighting, he'd be a broke motherfucker. And that's just the name of the game. He'd be fired they were gonna fire him and then he started talking out of his ass so i give him credit for bringing that up and, and making it work you don't respect his fight game at all i think he's a great fighter well it sucks to watch but yeah i think he if i fought him in a cage he'd probably beat me because of his size and his ability to move forward and his ability to grapple but in a street fight there's no fucking chance what is the difference between that's what I wanted to because a lot of guys say in a street fight this and in a ring this. What's the difference? In a street fight, I grab a fucking brick and hit him with the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't do that in this fight, in this sport. There's rule. There's there's rules here. We got rules in this sport, and in the street, there is no such thing as rules. Right. I think the only rule is don't hit someone from the back. So I'm definitely on his side when it comes to what happened with Monsado. Right. I think that was a bitch move. Yeah. But I like Muslim more. Thanks to Bob. Once again, you're such an asshole. <laughs> I dealt with three weeks. I mean, Jesus. I know. Shit. We got dragged right in the middle of that because we were just there. It's well, it's because you fucking love those viral moments, and I got to sit back. Mean? My I mom and dad are like, what's moments. going on? Why am I getting texts about Mazadal? My family. I'm like, Ma, I don't know. It's fucking Kyle and these fucking Nelk boys doing whatever the fuck they do. I don't know. We didn't do anything. Sometimes yeah. you got to take responsibility. No, it was, it was just action. wrong place, wrong time. It was what it was. <laughs> yeah. but. That was the right place, right time. What are you talking about? I mean, I don't you love action. I don't like that. No, not me. This motherfucker does. Every not me. Night, you have to love action. No, no. I like low-key action. Well, then you fucking isolate yourself at your house. Well, like that's I do. what I'm going to start doing now. I got the Justin Gaethje rehab I program coming do in. Do not believe you, Bob. Man. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking liar. <laughs> oh, man. You All did right. love that. You were in the middle of that. I did not love that. Hey, in the moment, it was fun. I you know swear it, on it my was, life. It was crazy. Justin, Justin, I swear on my life that it was literally just like not what if I you, wanted. I'm not gonna lie. For me, it was just like a movie. Cause yeah, we. I mean, we just went out to dinner. We always post where we go, and then people gave us flack. But Colby put it on his own Instagram too, right? Like he posted where he was, and I mean, yeah, it didn't so take then, much. That we night. don't live too far away from each yeah. other. It was gonna happen. But then we see someone like I. I was already in the car, and I saw someone punch him from behind. Yeah, from behind. But I didn't know who it was. I thought it was just like random behind. people. And he then, wasn't looking at him. Nah, I don't think so. I don't really. Move. I didn't really see, but um. And then I like he walked back, and then I saw it was Masvidal, and I was like, "We had front is that row seats to the fucking like, yeah, as a UFC fan, I'm it's just like, fun. I can't believe I'm witnessing this right now. Yeah, it was like, pretty fucking hit. intense. It was crazy. Like, our security had to break it up. Like, it was, it's fun. Yeah, could have got, could have got ugly out there. But if you had a little more confidence in these hands, maybe you I don't have confidence. It's not so me. I mean, you got to find it. Work out. Punch some shit. All right, my bag. All right, all right. It's all cardio. Well, I think regardless, I wouldn't have been able to hang with Masvidal. All fight for thirty seconds. You, you know? did say but you after 30, you're fucked. 
What? You did say you could fuck Masvidal up. In a one-on-one street fight? You said that. This is the this is the Nelk boy thing here. This is going to be another two weeks of anxiety for Bob. <laughs> this fucker right here. You need to watch it back. I know. Always do. You know, now. Yeah, well. This is what it is. I guess it's what I signed up for here. I don't. Here you go. The bad thing is you ain't going to get much money out of him. I mean, he probably got some money, but it ain't enough to take a punch. I wouldn't get money out of it. I don't care about. No. What do you mean get money out of it? If someone. Ran up on me and hit me? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't press charges. We live in a society. I would. I would ask for a formal apology, one-on-one, sit down, and so that's you get what your I would. Ass whooped again? <laughs> no. But I think you're saying don't that just that. because, just because they're fighters. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to talk about this fucking thing anymore. It haunted me for three weeks. I think Colby. Colby's. I think you Colby's going to go all the way with it. I will it. embrace I, it. I guess. Embrace it. It fucking happened. You can't back out of it now. So use it. So use it to my advantage. Yeah. All right, so stop dropping locations and learn all that more. To, learn, no, learn how to fight. I'm not learning how to fight. Not <laughs> a chance. Kidding. Don't fucking Not fight. a fucking chance. That's why we have a system. Press charges like you're supposed to. So you agree with what Colby's doing with the charges thing? Sure. Yeah. I don't think you can ever blindly attack someone. That's not a society that I want to live in. And if we do go there, then I will win. It's like the fucking so, perch. I don't want to go there. Right. I was going to yeah, say, it's like, no, we've like, what, 400 years ago, not that long ago, you had to fight to do anything, to eat, sleep, fuck, drink. Right. Fighting was how you got there. Right. That is who we are, humans. You, what must... do you, think, you think that makes the sport look bad when people do shit like that? Mm, no. I think people know that that's, that's who they are. They I, don't think, I think it stops the progression. You know, we're constantly trying to tear down this facade that we're these animals. And I only got to be an animal twice twice a year. And outside that, I don't want to be that dude. I don't want to cause grief. And I don't want to worry about other people. So I just stay out of those situations. I just have I have so much respect for, like, you guys as UFC fighters. Like, the, the commitment and the work you guys put through to, like, go yeah. into these fights. To me, it's, like, fascinating from, like, the nutrition to the... You know, the isolation and the mental, like, you have you gotta to stay away from everything. I mean, like, taking that walk so to the octagon is, it can be the scariest thing you've ever done. But if you just accept the worst possible outcome and you're okay with that, then it's so fucking fun. So fun. I like that. You know, it's, uh, you've taken, a, we, we've all done some drugs, but it's the best drug there is. Natural adrenaline coursing through your veins. Can't imagine winning after in front of a huge crowd like yeah, that. That's probably jumping on the thing, uh, and yeah, we'll never get that. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a release of every endorphin and chemical in your body. Hell, even maybe a little DMT gets released. Who knows? That's how good it feels. Probably it's possible. It's always an ongoing topic. DMT and our thing. Always. You ever tried that? How oh God, here we go. You tried it? Mm-hmm. Really? How was that? It was amazing. Probably like four years ago. I don't ever want to do it again. I have some in my house. In you case, did it in Colorado? Yeah, in case I ever get depressed, which I've never been, but if I was wanted to hurt myself or hurt somebody or got to a bad situation, I would do that, and it would pull me out of it in a second. Was was it like, did you smoke uh, it, or how'd you do it? So through my whole life, faith Jeez. has been like a huge part of my life, and it gave me confidence that this is, for one, not it. There's more than this. And... You could meet your maker if you want to. What does that mean? Hold on. What do you mean you would meet the maker? I mean, I think it's... Uh, well, people say that like DMT, you're like either right. you think you're seeing God or you're like seeing God, right? Yeah, you don't know. Like it's that crazy You don't know the difference right? between reality and not reality for like 10 minutes. But where you're... So when you take it, like say you're sitting in this chair and How I want DMT, it, yeah. can people notice that I'm doing it? I'm like, woo. Yeah. No, you're not. Woo, you go like this. And it's like this. And your eyes are open? You're living in a kaleidoscope. Everything turns into geometry and colors. How the fuck could you want that to happen? Really? And you can't even explain what you're seeing, right? Nope. You just go somewhere. Somewhere else. How long does it last? Like, how does it feel like? Five minutes, but you don't know. But does it it feel like a long time? Doesn't matter. Yeah, how long does it feel? God, I might have to fucking do this. Like, when people are like, I feel like I was there for a week. It feels like some time has passed. But you're not, uh, time isn't a thing. Like, I just know I'd be the one I bad case. I just remember case. my face is like this. Like the biggest smile on my face. And I was like, okay, my parents can't find me dead like this. So I like take the smile away from my face. <laughs> what happens if you try and fuck on DMT? 
you can't move. Well, what if she's riding on top of you though while you're getting fucked? Would it fuck up your mindset? I don't know. I don't. You're you're not here. No one fucks on DMT. You don't fuck on DMT. It's only five minutes. I want to be the first one to fuck on DMT. You cannot move. You're a fucking zombie. How do you fuck when you're a zombie? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's crazy. So what what did you actually learn from it? Like I I just um, I got a reassurance that my faith is not empty. That it is for a reason. And what I feel is real, and what I believe in is real, and that's all I wanted. Well, you felt like you. And then I was gonna meet my maker, and I was like, "Nope." And you have a thought, and boom, you come back to the room. Does anybody actually ever meet the maker? You think? I don't know. Do people die from that? Do people die from DMT? I don't think so. No. I mean, maybe. So it's not a poison. Like mushrooms is poison. Um, Every drug is pretty much you poison yourself. But DMT isn't. DMT is in us. It's yeah. in each one of us. It's what protects us at our time of death from the, the tragedy of death. You know, you see a gazelle with a lion wrapped around his throat. It looks like it's in total peace. That's DMT. It always comes back to the same subjects in this podcast, you realize. It's always DMT, gazelles getting fucking eaten by things. It's always the well, same thing. You, I mean, it's a, as a human, I've never I, tried it. I'm kind of scared to try it, I but I, I will I do it when I'm I would recommend it, but you don't, I mean, if I would, like, if you know someone that's suicidal, boom. First option. Depressed, first option. I got this new shit I'm taking now for all this uh, paranoia stuff. It fucking knocks you out in a different light. It's crazy. Oh, shit. Yeah. I have to have, take it after the Masvidal shit, yeah. Nah, dude. Just find comfort in the chaos. Okay. It's a beautiful thing. Well, I might take you up on that. You're like the fifth person in the fucking week to say to take this thing. I think it's set up. What, DMT? I think everybody's just trying to push me to take DMT, and I'm going to be no, fucking I'm hallucinating saying, seeing the I'm devil. Saying embrace the chaos. Embrace the chaos. Don't don't mask it with medicine. Okay. All right. I'm going to mask the fucking chaos. Be like the Joker out there. Or mask it and go to sleep. That shit will go by fast. All right. All right. uh, Big fight Saturday. (laughs) I'm I'm fucking fired up. I will be watching. Great transition. I watch all the UFC embeddeds every fucking fight. I'm just, I'm pumped for it. Me too. We're going to be watching. Let's, uh, and yeah. Show Gaethje some love on his YouTube channel. Let's let's get some subs. Get some comments in there, boys and shit. That'd be nice. Thank you. I love let's it. Go. Justin, good luck. Uh, get yeah, this. Uh, get the win for the boys. I want to continue these bags of boxes of clothes that come to my house. Yeah, yeah. I just text them. They're going to send it today. Right. Oh, yeah. I saw you were in the full send in one I of the episodes. I wear them all the time. That's you guys dope. got some great clothes. I literally text him right now. I was like, yo, what's going on? And I'm like, no, we're going to send it right now. Yeah. Shit's good. Hell yeah. All right. Good stuff. I got a piece so shit. bad. All right. Well made.